but about maybe three different views that we may have of Christ. Many of us this time of year talk about Christ, the manger, the babe wrapped in swaddling clothing. So we want to look at this today, if you will. I want to talk about Jesus from the manger to the cross and to the throne. This time of year, we see the Christmas cards. And they're wonderful, and they talk about baby Jesus. There's even movies that I've watched that have talked about baby Jesus, baby Jesus. Is that our view? Is that the baby Jesus? A lot of us may look at it at other places and may think about the gifts and about the trees and about poinsettias or Santa or whatever it might be. But I want us to really focus in on the real reason for this season. So I want to talk a little bit about, about Jesus and I want to talk about him in the manger. I began to reflect on this and I began to start thinking about prophecies. Who was this Jesus? Because some secular media will tell you it was all made up. But I want you to know that the Bible is historical fact. It's not some made-for-TV movie, but it is actually historical fact. So I want to I look at, if you will, just some scriptures of prophecy. So I want to look at Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Because it was prophesied that Jesus would come forth. So as we talk about the babe in the manger, we've got to understand the prophecies. In 7.14 it says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. The Lord himself will give you a sign. I'm going to move this back for some of you that I know might not be able to see that corner. And behold, a virgin will be with a child, and he will bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. And that word Emmanuel literally means God with us. Many of them felt that God was far away. Many of them felt that, that, may, that maybe we talked about this God, that we didn't have an intimate relationship. But Isaiah prophesied this. In Isaiah chapter 9, let's go to the next scripture. Isaiah chapter 9, we're talking about the babe in the manger. And Isaiah said, For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Don't you see that on the Christmas cards? You open it up and it's like Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Peace, or Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. He is prophesying who Jesus is to us. He's prophesying to us. And the Bible says that there shall be no end to the increase of His government, nor peace. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on forevermore. There was not only these prophecies, but there was others. Matthew chapter 2, verse 6. It's also, you can find it in Micah chapter 5. It was prophesied that you, Bethlehem, out of Judah, are by no means the least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Jesus came from the line and the tribe of Judah. Judah was Jacob, Jacob's son. And Jacob was called Israel. Say Israel. So when we look at the manger, I think about 
these prophecies that came forth, that it was prophesied that we would come into a relationship or have the opportunity to come into a relationship that may have been broken. And when I look at the manger, I think about the angel of the Lord that came to Mary. The angel of the Lord came to Mary. And he said, fear not. And he talked to Mary about giving birth to a child. A child that was prophesied. A child that would soon come into existence. He said, you're to give this child the name Jesus. Mary was frightened. Angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. Because Joseph and Mary had not been together. The Bible prophesied about being a virgin birth. So I began to think about the manger scene itself. In Luke chapter 1, he says, It will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob. And his kingdom shall have no end. Does it look familiar to the scriptures that Isaiah prophesied? Daniel, if you look in the book of Daniel, you'll see where he continually talks about the kingdom that will, that will not be made of this world, that it, will, that, it will, that it will destroy the other kingdoms of the world. I began to think about Jesus, and a lot of times we may have this opinion and, and thought that there's the babe. It's the baby. It's just a little baby. Cute little baby. Wonderful little baby. Cute little baby. But I found a scripture that in Luke chapter 2 that it says, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature. So he didn't just stay the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. He didn't just stay there. We don't hear a whole lot about Jesus uh, from the point of of maybe after when he was beginning to grow up, when he was 12 years old and he was in the temple. But then all of a sudden, he, he began to grow. And I know God wants us to grow, so he moved from the manger to the cross. And as I come and I look upon the cross, we think of Jesus crucified. The babe grew up. Now he began to start his ministry. Some say 30, some say 32 years old. And as I look at this cross today, I think about what happened to him. He had come to the place before the cross to a decision that he had to make and it was the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, not my will, but yours. Not what I want, but what you want, Dad. And he made this decision. And it wasn't long after that that he knew that this is what he had to do because we were separated from God. He came. He walked on the earth. He went through the pains and the difficulties that you've gone through. 
There's nothing that you've experienced today or can experience in the future that Christ hasn't already experienced. There's no hurt. There's no pain. There's no disappointment. There's no guilt. There's no shame that Christ hasn't already experienced. He took those things and he took them to the cross. Do you see him as the babe in the manger? Or do you see him on the cross? And I think about when he was arrested. It set in motion some things to begin to happen. And he went before Kephiah, the, the, the high priest, the chief priest over Israel. And they brought him to him. Well, see, Israel was under the Roman government rule, so the Jewish laws had to be subservient to the Roman laws. So he took him from, they took him from Caiaphas and they, and they said, you know what, we're going to take you to, to Pilate. And Pilate looked at him and he's like, who are you? He said, some say you're the king of Jews. And Jesus says, it is as you say. And he was silent. He didn't say a whole lot. He put a sign on the cross, the king of Jews. Pilate really didn't know what to do with him. So he took him to Herod. Herod said, I've heard a lot about Jesus. Put a robe on him and they made fun of him. Said, you're supposed to be a king. Don't look like a king. They put this robe on him. Jesus didn't say a word. Herod sent him back to Pilate. They beat him. For being a king? Or was he a babe? Or was he just savior? Some of us can look at Jesus and say, He's just our savior. He's just our savior. He overcame sin on the cross. Oh, man. They beat him. We know through Resurrection Sunday that he died on the cross. They made fun of him. You ever seen the three crosses together? The reason that some people, some people don't know what that is, but there's usually three crosses, and the other two crosses represent the two thieves, one on each side of Jesus. And they made fun of him, and they said, Man, if you're the Son of Man, why don't you come down from there? And the high priest made fun of him. They said, If you can save your own life, if you are the King or the Son of God, why don't you save your own life, and why don't you come down from there? They made fun of him. Is that the Jesus we know? Is that the one we follow? And we know that later in the day things began to shake and he called out to dad and he died. But we know the rest of the story.
we know that he rose again. Let's give the Lord some praise for him rising again. So we have a symbol of a manger. Baby Jesus. We have a symbol of a cross. He died and rose again. You know, as I was meeting with Dad this week, I saw something I hadn't seen before. When Jesus had gone in front of Pilate, they released a murderer and took Jesus. It was a prophetic symbol or picture. Because I was a murderer. And because of the blood of Christ, I've been released. I've been let go. It's not counted against me. And they, are, they released Barabbas and they said, what do you want me to do, release this guy or Jesus? Which one? And they were like, release Barabbas and crucify Christ. And we can stop at the manger. We can say it's just baby Jesus, just a wonderful, wonderful baby Jesus. It's just baby Jesus. It's baby Jesus. Baby Jesus. I was at families helping families one night, and they had a manger scene, and Eldon was there, Gene, and Faye, you guys will, will like this. Eldon was there, and I went over to the manger scene, the nativity scene, and I looked there, and I said, Hey, uh, Eldon, where's baby Jesus? <laughs> he said, Baby Jesus is gone. Hello? Sometimes, well, it's all we, that's where we put him. And say, this is it. This is baby Jesus. Where's where he's at? And he said, no, he, he, he grew up in stature and wisdom. And he came to the things of God. And he said, this is it. But that wasn't it. So do we have the view of Christ as baby Jesus? Or do we have the view of Christ that he is our Savior? And that's as far as we go. But there's another. Say another. This is a throne. Jesus taught the disciples. He came back. He, he died and he, and he went to the Father and he came back and he taught the disciples for 40 days. Where was he going? What was he going to do? And we can, we can take Jesus the babe and, and then we can say, well, no, no, he's my Savior too. And, 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 and we can stop there, but, but not me. I... I want to know Him as King. I want to know Him as Lord. I made a few notes and I began to start looking at some scriptures. And Let's look at Matthew 16, 19 if you can put that up. And so I began to see Jesus. Next, next one. There we go. I began to see Jesus on the throne. And he said, when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up to heaven. And what? Where, what did he do? He sat down at the right hand of the Father. He sat down at the right hand of God. On the cross, he said, it's finished. He defeated Satan. 
He did away with sin. He said he sat down at the right hand of God. Peter said this in Acts chapter 2, verse 33. Peter also write about, wrote about it in the book of Peter, chapter 3, verse 22. And you know what? In the book of Acts, Stephen was being, was being killed, stoned to death, and he looked up, and the Bible says he looked up, and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Peter wasn't the only one. Stephen wasn't the only one. Paul talks about Jesus in Romans chapter 8 that he is ever interceding for us. Praying for me. Praying for you. Praying for your family. Praying, interceding means to, to pray for somebody else, to, to be able to come in and say, I'm going to pray for somebody else. So, so baby, Jesus wasn't an intercessor. The cross was salvation, but he wasn't the intercessor. And now all of a sudden, we see that he's ascended into heaven and he's seated at the right hand of God. And he's ever interceding for us. He's the king. Do we see him as just the babe? Is that as far as we go with Christ? Do we see him as just salvation? Just get me into heaven. Just, just get me. Just get me in. Dying for my sins. Or do we see him as king? Colossians says that we've been raised with Him. Seeking things above. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12. It says, He, Christ, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of the Father. Sat down at the right hand of God. Psalms 110. We'll put up Psalms 110. The Lord said to my Lord, David, this was David talking. This was David talking. He said, the Lord said to my Lord, the Lord God, the Father, said to my Lord, type and shadow of Jesus, he said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. Do we see Jesus as the babe? Do we see him as just salvation? Or do we see him as king? Revelation says he is the king of kings. Lord of lords. Maybe we've got this narrow Christmas card mentality that he's just the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. I used to have that mentality. But he grew up in wisdom and stature and he gave his life 
as a ransom for many. He died upon the cross for me and you. But he wasn't done then. He rose and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. And if he is, my wife and I were talking about this, if we are to be ambassadors in the kingdom of God, if we are to be citizens in the kingdom of heaven, that's what Paul says. If we're to be sons and daughters of God, and he is king over kings, then it's not just the kings of the world that are in a position of kingship. Could that be you and I? Hmm. I want us to shift our view to the throne. I want us to look at it and say, You are king. You are Lord. King is to reign. King is to rule. Let's talk about a natural king. See, they thought he was going to be something different than what he was. They thought that he was going to come in and destroy the Roman army that was holding them hostage. They thought that he was going to rise up and destroy the Roman army, and now all of a sudden, Israel would be the nation on the earth to rule and reign. Do you know he did that? But it was spiritual. He's the king. Do kings have authority? Hmm. Can kings forgive? Hmm. But if you're a murderer and you're, you come before the king, you mean the king can actually pardon you? The babe, salvation, kingship. The manger, the cross, the throne. We serve a king that will rule, that will reign. Now. How's he ruling and reigning? Because we've got a president of the United States. He's ruling and reigning in the hearts of men and women, of you and me. When I received Christ as my Lord and Savior, he moved in as Savior. And I didn't know there was a difference. I, I didn't really understand how I could begin to even experience God in a more deeper way. And then all of a sudden, I realized that there's a throne, and then there's the king, and then it, and Christ is the king, and, and he's the king of kings, and Lord of lords. And I said, well, maybe, maybe I need to let him be Lord over my life instead of just Savior. Hmm. Does it make things perfect? I wish I could tell you. Not in the natural, does it? But in the spiritual, things line up. I am forgiven. Say that with me. I am forgiven. Not just because the babe grew up, but he died upon the cross. I'm forgiven. He came to the throne, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. 
And he, you matter to him. You matter to him. You matter to him. And because you matter to him, you matter to us. Who will we serve today? Who will we go after today? Will we say, you're just baby Jesus. I love my baby Jesus. Or will we say, you're my Savior? Or will we step into lordship? So the question that I'm asking you today, and question that I'm asking you to find out, is how do you see Him? Because how you see Him is how you'll live. How you'll see Him is how you live. How I would view Christ would be how I would live in my life. And I view Him, not just one, but all three. It's no different with God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Some talk just about the Father. Some talk just about Jesus We're going to talk about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's doing the work in the earth through you. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And in the book of Acts, see, he said, I got to go. He said, I got to go. Why? So the Comforter can come. So the Holy Spirit can come and now live with you and in you. And lead you and guide you and bring you into the things that I want to bring you into. Not things of just the babe. Not things of just the cross. But things to come to rule and reign. Nothing should have us. Nothing should have us. I let things have me. I let them rule and reign over me. And Jesus said, I am the king of kings. And not because you're a king. Because you're a son. You inherit. I inherit. What Jesus has. Come on somebody. Hallelujah. In order to receive an inheritance, somebody's got to die. Christ died on the cross for us to receive the inheritance of kingdomship in our lives and in the lives around us. We have dominion. We have authority. We have rule. We can say no to this and no to that and yes to this and yes to that and say, no, I'm not going to be what what somebody else wants me to be. I'm going to be all of what God wants me to be because I am a king's kid. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on. You are royalty. Say, I am royalty. It doesn't matter how you feel. doesn't matter what you look like. doesn't matter what you dress. What matters is what Christ has done for you and how you see him. And I am royalty. I am a king's kid. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, somebody. Somebody needs to shout, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's what it's about. So we don't want to see you as other people see you. We want to see you as God sees you. So maybe today you'll walk a little taller. Maybe today you might even a little strut. Maybe today you're going to say, you know what? I used to see him just as baby Jesus. I used to see him as just as my Savior. And those are all good. But I want you to step in and see him as Lord of Lords, King of Kings, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. It starts with him, it ends with him. Come on, somebody. 
And you thought you'd come to get some ham. We come to get Jesus. Come on, somebody. We come to shift the way we think about ourselves. You're a son. You're a daughter. Sons and daughters rule and reign. Who inherits the throne after the father has gone away in the natural? The son, the daughter, kings, queens. Come on, somebody. Inherit the throne and we can begin to step in to those things. We can begin to walk into those things. Do you see him as Lord? Do you see him as Lord? I see him as all three. I see the progression that God has brought us to. What is it in your life that's had you bound? What is it in your life that's kept you from seeing him as king, as Lord? What is it in your life that's kept you from seeing how much he loves you and how much he cares for you? What is it in your life that has kept you from saying, you know what? He loves me. Nobody's going to love you any more than God loves you. And I love my grandkids, and I love my kids, and I love me some Pastor Shelley. Is she turning red? I'm going to walk over here. But as much as I love my children, as much as I love my grandchildren, as much as I love you, he loves you more. That's humbling to me. And it may be humbling to you because maybe you had a father that didn't love you. Or you didn't see or didn't know. Maybe you had one that just loved you, loved you. I mean, loved you, loved you, loved you. But as much as he loved you, God loves you even more. The Bible says it's the love of God. We were talking about it that brings a man to repentance, to change. Change the way you think about it. This season, it's more than just boxes, packages, and bows. But we see him as the king over everything. Will you let me pray for you this morning? Let me pray for you. Just close your eyes a moment. Shift today on how you see him. Shift today on how you see yourself. You are royalty. You are royalty. You are royalty. You are royalty. May the love of God just continue to permeate your being. Don't believe in the lies of the enemy that says you're no good. God says you're awesome. God says you matter. God says you make a difference. God says right where you are, I love you. But just as Jesus grew in stature, just as he matured, God wants us to mature. What's the next step that you'll take today? What's the next step will you take in your life? What's the next step that you'll say, wait a minute, I viewed him as Savior. I want to view him as King. 
That's my dad. That's my dad, the king. Father, bless your people today. Strengthen your people. These people here today, at the sound of my voice here and on the internet, bless them today, God. Shift their view of themselves today. They're valuable, they're a jewel, they're lovely. They're beautiful. They're your beloved. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Can we give the Lord a mighty shout of praise or something? Yeah.